Definitely Baby acknowledges the traditional owners, the Wurundjeri Willem and Boonarong peoples of the Kulin Nation, of the land on which we record and share our stories. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and future, and recognise this unceded land on which we live, work and learn always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everyone, welcome to this beautiful VBAC Journeys episode. For anyone who is new here, I have been sharing some interviews with guests about VBAC for the last month or so in this mini series of my podcast. And this is the last week that I'm bringing out episodes and I've got a few more lovely VBAC Journeys episodes to bring you, including this one. Uh, so yeah, if you know anyone who's on their own VBAC journey, or if you're on your, your own VBAC journey yourself, then this series I am so proud of is hopefully everything that you would want to know in your VBAC journey, including these beautiful stories, which I think are just such an excellent source of information. I have loved listening to VBAC stories on my own journeys, and I just find them so empowering and yeah, just amazing to listen to. So you can go back and listen through this whole series. Make sure that you share it with anyone who you know might be considering a VBAC. And yeah, enjoy. In today's episode, we are joined by Rebecca, who shares her journey to a VBAC in a private hospital setting with an OB um, as her main care provider. I'll hand over to Rebecca now to tell you the rest of her story, but it's such a special one and I'm sure that you're going to love it. So here she is now. Enjoy. So hello, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited. My name is Rebecca. I live with my beautiful partner, Dwayne, and uh, my first baby, uh, my son. And we've got I've got two stepdaughters. So Dwayne's got uh, two children from a previous marriage as well. So a lot of the time it can be, or some of the time it can be a very full house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm, so I'm in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Okay, cool. Yeah. And can you tell us about your, so your first birth where you had your cesarean? Yeah, sure. So, oh, it, it, it's, mm-hmm. I'll try to make it quick, but it's sort of a way to yeah. start. So um, I had a great pregnancy and I, I loved being pregnant. I was really lucky. I had a really healthy pregnancy aside from maybe low iron, which was fixed with tablets. We'd had a bit of difficulty getting pregnant. Uh, I have endometriosis. Um, I'd had a lot of procedures to investigate and try and help us get pregnant. Unfortunately, a lot of those were in COVID times. Um, And I I can't think of a better word than horrible (laughs) uh, to describe what it's trying, what it's like trying to make a baby with someone and they're not even allowed in the building with you when you have to go in for a procedure. It Mm. It was pretty horrible. Um, and I have a fair amount of, a fair amount, a decent amount mm-hmm. of um, 
anxiety around hospital actually that sort of stems from when I was a lot younger in my early 20s my mum got diagnosed with cancer uh, which unfortunately she didn't she didn't survive and so there were a lot of times in hospital that that weren't much fun that made a bit of an impact on how I am when I have to go into hospital even even still as as an adult and that was a long time ago so procedures in COVID didn't help uh, but then we we did we did get pregnant. I had uh, unfortunately had a miscarriage to have a DNC to re- to remove it to get back on the train, but we did, and we got pregnant. And yeah, it was a great pregnancy. Planned for a vaginal birth, went private. Always knew that I wanted to go private. I've, I come from a medico family, so mum was a nurse uh, back in her day, and, and my stepdad, who's retired now, was a surgeon. And just from Hearing enough stories, um, I felt most comfortable in private and I'd had quite a bad experience in public myself with a um, DNC for endometriosis as well where I ended up um, in emergency that night and very unwell. So private was the way to go for me and, um, yeah, I, I loved the private appointments. I felt like I got a lot of time. Because of the miscarriage, I was able to get a little scan sort of every week until we felt a heartbeat or I could have had them whenever I wanted and so it sort of alleviated that anxiety going there's a heartbeat okay good I feel good again now yeah and it was all going swimmingly except he just didn't want to turn so he was breached from 26 weeks when we look back at the records uh, and we kept hearing don't worry about it he'll turn plenty of time to turn and then we got to about 36 the pointing end and and my OB was saying, okay, we need we need sort of a plan here. And she was really all for a cesarean for it, which I didn't want. I so didn't want. So we tried an ECV. Didn't work, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and so I I accepted the cesarean. I, I sought sort of other counsel um, from from people I knew and, and everyone seemed to be of the opinion that's that's just what you do. So once, once that ECV failed, my mental health, you know, I'd, I'd been so good in the pregnancy, um, my mental health really took a dive and I spent, you know, from the time it failed until the date of the cesarean in tears, um, mm. crying in the shower, just feeling really anxious. And on the day he was born, it just hit an all-time high. I was I'm not a very sweaty person, but I was just bucketing <laughs> sweat. I had to have three showers in the wow. morning. Um, I was shaking. I was crying. Oh, I'd, wow. I'd always have been fasting, but I was dry reaching at home and in the car park. And mm. my heart rate, look, don't quote me because, you know, I could have it very wrong, but I don't have high blood pressure. And and when they took my blood pressure in hospital, they were really, really concerned. And it was just stress. And that's not the way mm. you want to have a baby, it just wasn't mm. what I wanted at all. And, look, the cesarean itself was perfect, I, I guess. I didn't know that there were different options as far as cesarean, so it, it went how it went. And I suppose I did feel quite, and I don't know if it was the anxiety, I really couldn't tell you, I don't know if it was the anxiety or the medication that they give you, but I felt really disconnected. I didn't feel like I felt the emotions I thought I would feel. It was still, you know, one of the most wonderful days of my life, I met my son. We'd finally got there, you know, we'd had a child together, but I just didn't like the experience. I love meeting my son. I didn't like the experience. But I was lucky enough to heal. I, I could be the poster child for the perfect cesarean. I healed amazingly. I didn't have any pain. So as far as the physical went, it went perfectly. It was just the mental, you know, that feeling of 
that wasn't what I wanted. And I felt really robbed of having the experience of a vaginal birth, which I really wanted to experience in my lifetime. And I didn't get it with my first. So I was going to get it with my second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you felt this drive pretty much straight away. Straight away. So my OB knew this. And look, I have to say she was gorgeous. She'd known me for a long, long time. She'd been my gynae and um, my mum's as well, actually. And my mum really, really liked her as uh, personally and professionally. And there was something about mum not being here and being pregnant, which is a milestone that, you know, you don't want to have to do. But mum really liked her. So I felt this real comfort in going to see someone that, mum would have approved of if she was here and she she knew that she remembered my mum really really well and we spoke about her often and and she did everything she could to make me feel comfortable she let me wear my own nighty in theatre and <laughs> she gave me a pink scrub cap of hers um, <laughs> that was fabric and not one of those hospitaly ones yeah. that I could wear in theatre as well so you know it was made as good as it could have been but she said to me I know you want a v-back so don't get pregnant for another six months this is our you know as soon as it was done sort of thing um don't get pregnant for six months and then we'll go for a v-back and I said okay I'll do as I'm told (laughs) I won't and then we got pregnant seven months later (laughs) so I was back in her office very early in the pregnancy and I'd made a decision already that a v-back was was the way we were going to go and I wanted to make that really obvious to everyone early when I wasn't really huge and when I wasn't being looked at as just this hormonal pregnant lady you know from the very very start I I said to her I don't care if this baby is sideways holding an open umbrella I'm not having another (laughs) (laughs) c-section I love that what a brat (laughs) such a brat no good on you um yeah, so she said, she said, uh, okay, yep, that's, you know, that's obviously what we're going for. Message mm-hmm. um, received. <laughs> got it, yep. But I'm a bit worried that you're a little bit rigid and, you know, that's what we'll go for. But just in case, do you think maybe you'd like to see a perinatal psychologist? And I was all for it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, she'd seen how anxious I'd been. She'd seen I'd been a wreck. So, you know, any kind of help you can get to make you never feel like that again. I was all for. So that was one thing I did uh, in my VBAC prep was I reached out. Unfortunately, the system is so jam-packed. I think I made 11 phone calls uh, or more and it was always, sorry, I'm not taking your clients. Sorry, I'm not taking your clients. And then this one phone call, this, I think she's an angel to be honest, answered the phone and said, look, I'm not taking your clients, but tell me what's going on. And I I did. Mm, nice. I said, I don't know how I'm going to feel like this. I wasn't sleeping from, I think I mentally celebrated for a week that we were pregnant again. And then the anxiety kicked in that I can't be wheeled into theater again. I don't know how I'll handle it. And I didn't sleep. I would get to sleep at maybe one or 2am in the morning and then I'd wake up and I'd be awake um, at six or something. It's not healthy for, it's yeah. hard enough to sleep when you're pregnant, you know, let alone your brain doing that to you. So I said, I don't know how I'm going to feel this way for another 30-odd weeks. And um, she said, look, yeah, I'm not taking anyone, but I'll fit you in next week. And I think I saw her every week and she was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Thank you for her, you know. So that was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, amazing. It's probably quicker to ask me what I didn't do 
Uh, I did <laughs> I did everything. Yeah. I I did a hypnobirthing class. I did calm birthing. I did a VBAC mm-hmm. workshop. I listened to podcasts. I even watched documentaries on C-sections. I saw a women's health physio, eight dates, raspberry leaf tea. I walked half an hour every day. My partner is just the most beautiful, supportive person. And and even if it was raining, he would say, do you want to go to the shopping centre and we'll just walk around for half an hour and you can go shopping as well? <laughs> oh, I love you. Um, so, yeah, so I'd read articles and studies and I'd send them to him to read. And then one day I saw him reading this aqua-coloured book on the couch and I said, oh, what are you reading? And he said, you keep sending me these articles and I bought this book for you. I thought you might like it. It's by the same author that does those studies you've been reading. And, yeah, I, I thought you might like it instead of scrolling that tiny little font on your phone. And, of course, it was <laughs> Hazel Keedle's Birth After Tazarian. I didn't realise he had the VBAC <laughs> Bible. He's yeah. just the best. He's the best. Yeah. So. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, and we also hired a private midwife and I know, you know, saying we've got a private OB and a private midwife is we were just ridiculously fortunate that we, you know, we prioritised that. We really felt it was necessary, but not everyone can do that. And, you know, I acknowledge that absolutely. You know, sometimes there's the ideal birth team, but not it's not always possible for lots of reasons. And we did go with we did go with a private midwife. I think because I'd had such a bad experience in hospital, I had a lot of distrust, not in my OB, but just I wanted someone there. I'm probably going to sound like a crazy person, but to almost to translate the medical things that were going on. So for that reason, a doula wasn't really the angle that we that we went down. Um, and also, he's he's seen me be really anxious before, and he is an unbelievable support. And I didn't want to take that away from him. And yeah, wanted him to be that main support person, and he wanted to as well. So the private midwife was just perfect for that to be able to explain things to me when um, or to us when the the OB wasn't there. So yeah, they're all the things I did. I, I became quite obsessive. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I feel like I have all this knowledge now that I've absorbed, which is why I'm happy to talk about VBACs all the time. But um, it did it did become quite obsessive and maybe not very healthy, but. That was what I did to prep. So mm. Mm, uh, I can to- totally relate, though. I feel like I've yeah. been a bit, bit obsessive too, thinking what what else should f- always feeling like there's something else that I can do, or constantly being obsessed with the baby's position, or trying to feel in my belly like where she's sitting, and yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, I just need to relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and it is mm. true, but you can't tell someone to relax. That doesn't work oh, like that. Absolutely, so yeah. <laughs> you've got to do what you've got to do, and and just mm-hmm. hope that it's a healthy thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so it sounds like you did some awesome things during your pregnancy. Then how was your experience of your labor and your birth? Yeah. So it was, it was all going really well. I, I managed to, and I even, oh, I even said this to her, I've jumped all your hoops, uh, which will probably be a bit of an unpopular opinion that, you know, you can always say no. I think that's the VBAC mantra is say no, say no, say no. But I did say yes to some things. Like I had a scar scan and my OB was really happy with it and I, I, I'm not going to speak for, for them but maybe that gave them a fair bit of confidence and they were happy to push the boundaries a little bit. So I think sometimes saying yes, you know, I felt a bit more comfortable saying yes because it might have worked in my favour actually. But 
one thing I wasn't sure about was the GBS test, but I did it eventually. I put it off and then I did it and that was at 37 and a bit and I found out that I was GBS positive and I was so devastated. I thought this is mm. going to be the this is going to be my undoing. After all of this work, you've got to be kidding. I've I've passed everything and so I didn't sleep that night. I was just a wreck. I was such a wreck that Twain had to come home from work. Well, he didn't have to. He just turned mm. up because he could hear me so on the nice phone being did. so distressed. Yeah, so that was a Wednesday night and by Thursday night my waters broke with no labour. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so mm. that's panic stations. Um, that wasn't what we were going for at all. Uh, we went in to just confirm and it was really lucky I, I got and that was really really late at night but I, I did my B got called and she said no go home so we went home after some penicillin in the bum which I can tell you doesn't tickle but anything <laughs> to avoid a cannula because I don't like hospitaly things <laughs> and I know hospital is not a word but I'll probably keep using it <laughs> um, yeah so went home I uh, had a few little niggles overnight, but nothing more than sort of period pain. Uh, got up, went back to the hospital, met my OB, and she said, all right, let's just see how you go during the day. More penicillin. And so the private midwife that we'd hired, it was through a group, and unfortunately she wasn't on call, which I just mm. didn't think would happen. And so we we, we got someone else uh, from the group filling in. And yeah, I guess I was really disappointed that we'd paid that kind of money and it was just that person that yeah, really knew same. what we were after. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think we were after something. You built something that relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I hired a private birth, uh, a birth photographer as well. So. I just by this point was thinking it's all a waste of time. All of it's been a waste of time. I'm going to end mm-hmm. up in theatre. What's the point of even having the photographer here? They're just going to get me crying. <laughs> it was just, Aww. it was not in a good way. But, mm-hmm. you know, the private midwife ended up being great. To have that someone there with you all the time in the hospital because the other midwives are in and out. And they they leave you to your own devices. And she had me walking up and down the stairs and you know, bouncing on the ball and all that sort of stuff to see if it would help and unfortunately it didn't uh, and I thought, okay, that's it. The OB is going to want to do, kind of going to want to take me to theatre but she came in and said, okay, I'm sending you home again. And I think I think the midwives in the hospital were sort of, what's going on? <laughs> this doesn't really happen. Yeah. Who are you kind of thing and uh, I, was so, I was so happy with that. I was really happy with that. Good plan. I'd go home, get some sleep because, and I don't, mean to, I'm not exaggerating, I'd had maybe four hours sleep in two nights. No, not not even. I don't think I'd really slept by that point. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, I hadn't really slept at all. So she said, go home, get four hours sleep. And I thought, I'm going to get eight hours sleep. I'm so tired. And of course she was right. Went home, slept for four hours and then contractions started, which was great. It was great. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> Except they stopped in the morning again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so went back in and I think I just really, I was exhausted. I was, I just wanted things to be happening. And so we talked about it and I agreed to be induced. 
The private midwife had actually also organised, sorry, just going back a little bit, acupuncture the day before, which I didn't really think would be me, but I really loved it and I really loved the acupuncturist and she was just so calming and I think that was great for me just just to relax a little bit. And so, yeah, I, I agreed to be induced, which was going to be the drip actually, which is probably... Yeah, it's something that you won't hear a lot with a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was very much on the, we'll just use it to kickstart and then want you to take, want your body to take over. So I agreed to that and then the midwife organised for the acupuncturist to come back in and the midwife from the hospital was really good. She said, oh, I think we can just do some paperwork or something for half an hour while she comes back into the hospital to do that for you. So <laughs> that was really lovely. And it's just those little snippets of encouragement that you collect along the way. She said to me that she'd had, she didn't want to be induced at all, but she she was induced and she did it with tens and a bit of gas. And I said, you're crazy because I'd heard that that induction um, with, you know, synthetic oxytocin was really painful and I was really not wanting to do that. But yeah, if, if that was, if that was going to get the feedback going, then, you know, then I was happy to. So yeah, did the acupuncture, started the drip, and it was probably a couple of hours later that my OB came in and said, "Do you want to see? Do you want to see if it's doing anything?" And I said, "Yeah, I do." And I was going to be totally against VEs, but I actually did. I was curious, and curiosity, you know, got me, and so I said, "Yeah, I, I do." And she checked, and I was three centimeters, and I think I could see relief on her face. She was sort of yeah, <laughs> good, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it was, it was going really well to start with and that was that was really good so that was you know that's from 10 in the morning kept laboring the birth photographer was just beautiful I loved having her there she's such a calming presence as well and yeah so uh kept laboring and had had another check I think one or two more I honestly can't remember but it was going really well but I think about by about seven centimeters I was starting to really struggle and I'd really been against getting an epidural and by that stage I'd, I'd use the TENS machine and when they said, you know, do you want do you want the air and gas? And I said, yeah, but can we just have it on oxygen, not anything else? And they said, oh, we don't really do that. But they had it on 10. I had it on 10 for most of the time and I think at max it might have got to 30, maybe 40 for a tiny little bit. And mostly it was really just to help with my breathing and I really liked it for that. So, yeah, by about, oh, just just before that, one of the midwives from the hospital, she said, you've got this. And I said, how, how do you know? How do you, how do you mm-hmm. know I've, I've got this? And she said, um, well, you're on synthetic oxytocin, you're on TENS and a sniff of gas, like you're, you've got this. And I just thought, oh, wow, I'm I'm doing well. I didn't know I was doing well. That's that's really good. It was so mm-hmm. encouraging. So encouraging. And yeah. And mm. um, but yeah, but I've met, by about seven centimeters, I said, Oh, it's just my back. I can't handle this in my back anymore. I think I want an epidural. And my B was there and she said, Do you want me to check where the baby is? And I said, Yeah. Or what is what what the baby's doing? Something like that. And I said, Yeah. And she checked and she said, Yeah, it's posterior. That's why it's all in your back. And he probably we didn't know it was a he at the time, but uh, he probably had been the whole time. Mm. so that that was a bit yeah that was a bit discouraging and I thought okay well, what does that mean and I think I really need this epidural and Dwayne had said and and we honestly talked about birth and my VBAC 
I would have trusted if for some reason I'd lost all this blood and was unconscious that he would make the decisions for me that I would want because we had talked about it so much. I have so much trust in him. And he kept saying, you told me and told me and told me not to let you have an epidural. You don't want this. You don't want this. You're doing so good. Don't, don't, don't. And so the OB sort of said, look, if you have it within the hour, just have it. Uh, But if you make it past the hour, um, and you still think you want to come get me and I'll just see if, you know, if that's okay uh, or something like that. And the anaesthetist came in and, to be honest, he was so horrible. Mm. He was. He was trying to talk to me while I was contracting and mm. the midwife said, the private midwife said, um, she can't hear you. Can you just wait <laughs> a second? Mm. And and then he left and I I did think, I don't want him anywhere near me. I'm not going to let him. I'm not, I can do this without him. And, and Twain was saying, you don't want it. It's nearly been an hour. You don't need it. You don't need it. And that hour was up and she came back and I didn't have it. And it was actually time to push. Wow. Okay. So I d- didn't, didn't get the epidural in the it. end. Yeah. No, no, which yeah. I was thrilled about. Really, really. Do you think it could have about. been transition? You wanting the epidural? So. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, looking back because mm, it was very, it was very. I can't, I can't, and I hadn't been. Yeah, I hadn't been yeah. that way the whole time. I don't think. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that might have been it. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It was very exciting. And oh my gosh! And they said, all right. So they said, um, it's, it's probably it's probably more beneficial if you don't have the gas when you're pushing. And I went, okay, no gas in, you know, if, if that's what's going to make it work. And I just, I remember thinking I'd never felt so powerful, really, physically. I just felt so powerful through that whole labour. But it had got to a point where I also just wanted someone to help me. You know, I was exhausted. I was just thinking, help me, help me get this baby out because I was so tired. I was, I remember waking up sort of at one point and there's, you know, the OB and two midwives down there and and Dwayne, you know, and I said, oh, you're all still here. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> completely out of it for just that 30 seconds or whatever it is. And I was just, I, it had been it had been quite seriously three nights with about four hours and four minutes sleep. So I was, I was done. Yeah. Mm. But an hour and 10 of pushing and I think uh, they got ready with the vacuum because he was posterior and, um, with a few pushes, he, he turned. Um, oh, wow. Thank goodness. He just, he really, I think he did more than I did, to be honest, that gorgeous baby, because um, I did have monitoring and his heart rate was fantastic the whole day. He turned for me. Yeah, so it just it just sort of worked out in an hour and ten of pushing and he came out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I so still get goosebumps scary. thinking about it because it was the most incredible experience. And I I had spent, you know, years, years and years and years. It's been about 14 years since my mum passed. And every time I went into a hospital, I became 24 again. And I would just have so much anxiety. And just that experience turned me into a 30-something, 38-year-old adult who I owned that hospital, you know. I just, it was such a transformative experience and I was just so thankful, yeah. Mm. I think because I'd been in two totally totally different but, you know, side-by-side camps of 
on one side, I wanted to completely avoid the cesarean for my mental health. And then on the other side, I really wanted to experience vaginal birth. I wanted to experience something that my mum had experienced and my grandma had experienced and women all over the world had experienced. And I wanted to know what that was like. And I think I was so tired of being emotionally tough and not feeling good at it. I wanted to prove to myself that I could be physically tough. And birth and labour is very emotional as well and, and a mental game. But you know, I wanted to prove that I, I could do that physically and I was strong like that and I wanted to be proud of myself and my body and, and I wanted my partner to be proud of me too and, and that experience for us together as a couple with both health teachers and, you know, we teach all these things about pregnancy and conception and he'd never seen he'd never seen birth like that and I, I just wanted that experience for us and, and, and for, for him to be able to be there the whole time and, and holding me and saying, you are amazing. You are amazing. You are incredible. I'm so proud of you. It's just such a special thing um, mm. for us as a couple as well. So, yeah, it was, I'm just so, so grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm, I've got tears in my eyes. Here, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I really think, you know, I spoke to a lot of my friends and, and a lot of women at work and spoke to a lot of people about birth when when I had the Caesar and you know leading up to what was to be my VBAC and I really believe this is just sort of a personal philosophy that I really believe that women know how they want to give birth even if you've mm. never done it before I think you've got a lifetime of experiences behind you to know what you want and for some women and, and I know someone who had done three years of IVF and she wanted a Caesar she was sick of the unpredictability and good on her. That's yeah. that's great. She knew what would be best for her. I'm all for, you know, know, know you and, and do, and it, it, if you can get what you believe you want, then absolutely. But for me, I knew that a Caesar was going to be bad for my mental health. And I knew that a feedback was going to be really, really healing for me. So I'm just so grateful that I got to have that experience. And I think it, it was just even more special and, and I don't want to speak for anyone else, but <laughs> what was what was a little bit special about it was, you know, such a big part of the reason I wanted to see that particular OB was she she was actually the doctor that found my mum's cancer. Yeah. So she was the one that told mum that she that she had cancer. And and by the time she found it um, through a procedure, it had actually spread already. And she reminds me so much of my mum. I think it's hard to say with, you know, a bit of the youngest perspective, but they're probably quite similar in age, you know, give or take, say, 10 years max. Yeah. Same hair colour, same eye colour, mm -hmm. same dress sense, same tough love. Um, mm -hmm. And so she just, she really reminded me of her and I think it was so special having her there and maybe special for her too because, you know, she'd had to give out that really difficult news and then, over well over 10 years later she delivered that person's yeah. grandbabies um yeah. and she helped me in, in such a big way um doing everything she could so that so that I could have that experience and I'm not particularly spiritual and I'm not sure uh, that she is either but she did say something to me like your mum was there I felt Aww. her behind me she was yeah oh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so really, really, really lovely. Um mm. and very, very special, I think. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's and so beautiful that you had 
yeah, you had her there and it was, as you say, like this this whole experience of everything with your mum and then she was there for your birth. So you really did have mm-hmm. that that continuity of care over such a long time. Long time, long time. She yeah. said to me, how long have I known you? And I said, since <laughs> my early 20s, thank yeah. you so much. And, yeah, it was just, oh, it was just oh, really, wow. really great. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. And, yeah, how are you feeling in those moments after he was born? Ah, very tired. <laughs> very tired. <laughs> Do you want to hold your baby? And I'm sort of, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, oh, baby. yeah, baby. <laughs> baby. I just birthed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was just beautiful. And I had skin to skin, you know, straight away and for ages and everyone just left us and that was really beautiful. That was, you know, we yeah. had our time and I got to cry and that was really, really great and, and so different from mm. waking up in recovery and, yeah, and I, I think what's what's gorgeous is, you know, as much as I did have distrust in, in say, the hospital or in any hospital setting, that every midwife or every nurse that I saw after that um, I would say, this is my V-back baby. And they would be mm. so excited. And they would say, oh, yeah. V-back baby. Oh, oh tell us all about yeah. it. <laughs> or we oh. heard we had a V-back on the floor. Um, <laughs> and then when I would say I was GBS positive and I had pre-rupture, I think it's, yeah, it's, that's what it is, pre-rupture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's a V-back. Oh, there's no way that should have been a V-back and good on you. And that's amazing. Oh. So. <laughs> That was really, really good. I think because I found a statistic that was in a private hospital, I think you have 5.4% chance of having a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then given my age and, you know, given a couple of other things, Dwayne calls me the one percenter because it just <laughs> probably shouldn't have happened. Uh, yeah. 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 We're very oh, grateful wow. it did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story with My us. My absolute pleasure. No, it's been really, really lovely. I hope yeah. I haven't missed out anything. I had all of these thoughts <laughs> running around in my head all week. Mm. And um, yeah, I hope I covered everything. Yeah, yeah. no, it was Thanks beautiful. Thank you so much for having me on to share. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Rebecca. And <laughs> all the best. You're going for a VBAC home birth. I am. Yes. Amazing. Yes. I'm sure there's a lot of us out there that can't wait to hear how how it all goes. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm so excited. So excited. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this VBAC Journeys episode. I hope that you have enjoyed it. If you'd like to see any photos of Rebecca and her family, you can head over to the Instagram at Definitely Baby Podcast. She took one of those amazing photos of her holding her baby with her fist in the air, the classic feedback photo that, yeah, it is incredible. So you should go and check that out on the Instagram. I actually started crying the first time that I that she sent it through to me. It's just you can see the emotion on her face and oh, I just, yeah, I loved hearing Rebecca's story and I'm sure that you will have too. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, this series, last series, please, please, please do give me a review on whatever platform that you're listening on. It would be so useful for me. And yeah, we've got another a few episodes coming out this week before the series wraps up and I'll see you then. Have a beautiful rest of your day.